0: Open your Bibles to uh, the 80th Psalm, Psalm 80 and verse 3. I want to talk to you today about a turnaround God. God is a turnaround God. He's a God of turnarounds. How many of you need a turnaround of something in your life? There's something going on and you, you need it turned around. Amen. Well, I believe today's the day. Say, today's the day. I'm getting a turnaround. Hallelujah! This is one of those days we ought to have camp meeting. You know, we ought to just be able to preach and then come back, and preach an afternoon and night, and just and have one of those camp meeting uh, times. Man, it, uh, this feels like a camp meeting message to me. Psalm eighty and verse three says, "Turn us again, O God." And cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Father, we ask that you just bless the hearing of the word today. We thank you that your word is anointed and it goes back, uh, goes forth, and you said that it would not return void. So, Lord, today let it grip our hearts. We position our spirit today to receive your word. Give us the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Father, help us to apply your word to our life and to our, the situations of our life. And, Father, that we would see them turn around. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you today that in the beginning, God, um, he entered the darkness and he displayed his turnaround nature. He spoke words that turned darkness into light and filled the, the emptiness with fruitfulness. His power brought order uh, to chaos, and our creator God Turned the dust of the earth into breath uh, taking birds of the, of the sky and um, uh, beasts of the field. He turned Adam's rib into e- a helpmate, Eve. God revealed himself to humanity as a turnaround God. He turned the things around when he spoke into that darkness and he created light. And God's a good God. God loves us, and, and he, what he does, he does for good, for our good, and he's ready and willing if you will only let him turn things around in your life. He's standing ready, uh, ready to, to act, to intervene, but we have to release him and let him work. A lot of times people say, well, you know, if God's God, he can do what he wants to. That's true. God... Is God and he will do what he wants to do and he does what he's purposed to do but God stay he, he waits for us to invite him into the, our arena before he comes to, to to work and to move in our lives and so he's given to us that privilege to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy to find grace to help us in our time of need but we have to ask in fact his word says James says you have not because you ask not and when you do ask you ask with the wrong motives in mind we need to learn how to ask we need to learn how to ask God to intervene and turn it around the first thing that we need to do if you need to turn around you need to first of all just um, just simply request by faith it's just a simple request of faith when you uh, come to God. And Isaiah 57 verse 15 says, For this is what the high and lofty one says, He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who is, is contrite and lowly in spirit to receive or to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. We need to humble ourselves and come and ask God to intervene and turn things around. A lot of times we think, we just try to figure it out ourselves. We don't ask God in faith. We, don't, we think, well, either we just don't even think about asking him, or we just try to figure it out and think we got the best plan. And this is the way that, it, that we want it done. And a lot of times we really don't ask God because, you know, we want it done the way we want it done. Well, we need to humble ourselves. We need to get off of that and realize that, says, that he says, I live in a high and holy place, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite, we need to empty ourselves out of us and be filled with God, with him. We need him to turn us around. And then we need to come and have a simple request of faith before the Lord, asking him to step in and intervene. Ask by faith. By faith, you know, do you have something in your life that needs to be turned around? Then ask him. Uh, uh, Get it in view. See it. And and do that right now as we go through this. I want you to to see the thing in your life that needs to be turned around. I want you to get it in view. Get a target of it and see that thing. And then ask God to turn this thing around. And as he challenges you through his word this morning, then begin to act on it and see it turned around before we walk out of this, this place today. In Isaiah 66, 2, the, his word says, Has not my hand made all these things? And so they, they came into being, declares the Lord. This is the one I esteem. He is who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Again, we need to just humble ourselves before the Lord and come to him in faith and ask him to step in and move on our behalf. You know, you just need to believe God that he can turn things around. How many believe that God can turn things around? Amen. Now sometimes people, or you might have been saying, you know, quietly to yourself, oh, I believe he can, but I don't know if he will. <laughs> yeah, I've said that before. Lord, I know you can. I just don't know if You will. I know you can do it for Daryl. I don't know if you can do it for me. You know, have you ever said that? You know that God's able, but you just don't know if he's willing for you. I want to tell you something today. God is able and willing. He's willing and able. Amen. And he wants to, if we will simply ask him by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected. It's the substance of things not seen. And so you need to put um, some substance to this request by adding your faith to it and simply come and make a simple request of faith to the Lord. Faith. Is what requires uh, uh, trust. God, faith doesn't limit God, and God doesn't limit your faith. And so, you need to trust Him. You need to ask and seek Him, and say, "Okay, God, here's this thing in my life that's out of hand, and it needs to be turned around. And I'm coming to You, and I know that You are able to handle it." The second thing that you need to do to have a turnaround, to see it turn around, is just to believe, believe. Uh, that God is going to to respond to respond in in action in Psalm 91 verse 15 it says he will call upon me Uh, this God is saying this he will call upon me and I will answer him I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him he says that he will we need to believe we ask him in faith now then we need to believe believe that God will respond to our request Sometimes we ask and then we just, we ask and, and we even, you know, ask it saying, God, I know according to your word you can do this, but there's something in us that just doesn't have that belief that we really, we're not completely sure. We're halfway full of belief and halfway full of doubt. The Bible calls that a double-minded man. and Sometimes, you know, women, you can be double-minded too, <laughs> but we need to be full of Faith and full of expectation. Hope. Hope is expectation for good. You know, one of the things that I, I, I've been seeing that and I've been praying is, Lord, uh, fill up what is empty and empty out what is full. And the more I've been praying, God just challenged me. He said, pray, and if I wanted to see things turn around in my life, that he would, that he would fill the empty and empty the full. And I thought... That don't seem like That's crazy. What does that have to do with turning things around? The more I've prayed it, the more I've seen. You know, it starts out with, Lord, I, first of all, I need to empty out what's full. I need to empty myself out of me. get To be a contrite, contrite in spirit. Empty myself out of me and be filled with him. Empty out the doubt. Be full of faith and believing. You know, um, while God is... Uh, it, God, you know, half the time when we... We call upon God and when God is believing for the, the more than, we are focused on the less than. How's God supposed to work in that thing? Well, he has seen the breakthrough. We're trying to, to decide if we will make it through. You know, And so we're struggling and we're fighting against God. When he's trying to turn it around, You know, we're the ones that we, we leave it there and we turn around and leave. We can't do that. We've got to be firm in our request and be believing in our heart that God's gonna do this thing. In Isaiah 49, verse eight, God said, in the time of my favor, the Lord says, in the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Then when we ask, then we need to believe. We ask in faith and we believe in our heart. That's how we're saved. <laughs> we ask God and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead and we'll, and he says, and you're saved. So that's, that's how we receive anything from God, by faith and then by believing. Mark 9, verse 22, a man comes to Jesus and the disciples have been there then talking and doing various things and this man comes up and and he has a son that is uh demon possessed and and uh, he says oftentimes he throws himself into the fire and into the water and various things and and he looks at jesus and he says if you can do anything take pity on us and help us this story is in mark chapter 9 verse 22 he says if if you can do anything help us and have pity on us and jesus said if you can if you can he's repeating what the guy said when he said lord if you can do anything just just help us and have pity take pity on us and help us and jesus said if you can everything is possible to him who believes is what jesus said and the man looks at him and says i do believe but help my unbelief you know, a lot of times we're in a situation just like that. We believe, but yet there's unbelief there. And we want to believe, but we find ourselves not believing. We ask God, and then and we're wanting to believe, but we're having a hard time believing. I don't know if that's you or not, but I've been in that situation, in that situation a lot of times. That's why we got to get rid of that. Say, Lord, fill me up with you and and empty me out of that doubt. When we come to him, we've got to believe. Believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. is what it says in Hebrews chapter 11. Fill your spirit completely with faith. Empty your spirit completely of doubt. So I want you to do that right now. I want you to get rid of that doubt. I want you to get it out of there and and just be filled up with with the Spirit of God and be filled up with faith and know and hear this Scripture. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word. So listen to Isaiah again, Isaiah 49, 8. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. Let me tell you, this is the time of God's favor. His favor is grace. He extends grace to us. It's unmerited favor. No, you don't deserve God to do anything for you. I don't deserve God to do anything for me. But he doesn't do it because we deserve it or not. He does it if we ask him and if we believe and if we are expecting him to do it. Faith moves God. You say, well, if I whine and cry, you know, and if I, my need is big enough, my need will move God. No, it doesn't. There's many people have needs and go away and they, have their, they, and they just go away with their same need that they brought. they came to Jesus. Needs don't move God. Faith moves God. So we need to have faith along with that need and confess that to the Lord and present it to him, request it by faith and believe it. And then come to him and just humble ourselves before him knowing that he's going to do this. Fill our spirit completely with faith. Empty our, our spirit completely of doubt. Number three, you know, we need to trust God. We need to ask in faith. We need to expect Uh, and and believe God that is going to do it. And then we need to trust him that there's going to be uh, an unparalleled result to this thing. That nobody can do it like God can do it. Most of the time, I don't know if you're like me, but I try to figure out and tell God how I want it done. I already got it figured out in my mind. That's what I'm seeing. So when I'm asking God, really what I'm doing is conveying my thoughts to him on how he should go about doing this. Well, we need to get rid of that. That's one of the things we need to empty ourselves out of because God's going to do it like we never thought that He would do it. He's got other things in mind when He does it. You know, sometimes I uh, had severe injured my knee severely, and this leg was swell up and it was blue. And my ankle was swelling all up, and they said it was something, whatever it was, and there was tore loose. and And two people had knee surgery, and they were about as bad off after the surgery as they were before the surgery and so I said well I'm just going to trust God and I limped around and limped around and one morning before we went into for praise and worship uh just taking prayer requests and Danny said "Uh, how you doing and I said man my knee's really hurting me really hurting me today he said well let's just pray for it I said okay okay let's pray for it and I thought in in my heart in my spirit I thought have I asked God to take care of this I mean I thought I had you know, and, and sometimes, you know, we just kind of think, well, he knows about it. Why don't he just take care of it? You know, why haven't you done anything about my needle, Lord? Well, you haven't asked. You haven't believed. and You haven't trusted me for it. And so we prayed, and I said, well, praise God, and went out and had church, and didn't think anything else about it, knee was still swollen, very things, but over the next few days and weeks, all that swelling went down, and uh, the, the bruising, whatever, where the blood had been draining down, now they cleared up, and my knee was just fine, and never bothered me any- again, that's happened on both of my knees at very different occasions, well, I've had two hip replacements, and I've prayed over my hips, Lord, you heal my knees, why don't you just heal my hip, Lord, you heal my knees, why don't you just heal my hip, and I could never figure that out. And just, I, I'd walk till there wasn't anything left. All those bone rubbed on bone, and it was just pathetic. The doctor said, why did you wait so long? I started, I was saying to myself, I was waiting for God to heal me. God chose a different way. You know, in fact, the Bible talks about gifts, plural, of healings different kinds god does different ways you know he has the dip in the pool method he has the spit in the mud method he has different ways of healing techniques you know i don't know if you've seen all those throughout the bible god decided the way he was going to bring through my hip didn't have any insurance or anything like that and doctors decided that they would take it upon themselves to take care of the hospital bill and their bill didn't cost me a thing it was about 40-some thousand dollars for this hip right here, titanium hip. Amen. Now, that, if that in a miracle, I don't know what it is. And then, uh, the way that it came out and, and the results afterwards, they were, the doctors were just amazed that it was so good and that there was little pits in the bone from where arthritis had eaten into there and they thought they were going to have to do bone grafting. And to fill it all in, and, and just knew that it was going to be like that, Was could take maybe three, four months for that grafting to heal, or maybe longer. And after he got in there, he says, I don't know what happened to it. We just did the x-ray yesterday morning, and it was gone. It was perfect. Couldn't ask for any better. I said, well, praise God. I told him we were going to pray. Church prayed, and they did that. And, and all that pitting and everything was gone, and, and everything was healed up, and it's been great. Praise God for that. The thing is, is that, you know... Why, God, why did you decide to do that? Sometimes we try to put God in a box and we expect it to be a certain way and, well, he did it for Jeff in this particular way so he's got to do it for me in this particular way. But you know what? God decides he'll do it his way. And so in the midst of him doing it his way, we just need to trust. So when he turns it around, we don't have to try to figure it out or think he's not working when he's in the midst of working it. It, it says in Jeremiah 33:3, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. I know some of you think you know everything. Well, guess what? You really don't. All you uh, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds think you know everything. My dad didn't know a thing when I was those, that, those ages, but when I turned 21, I couldn't believe how smart the guy was. All overnight, he just got brilliant. I couldn't believe it, man. And it was just amazing. I didn't know how he'd survived all those years because he didn't know nothing. Until after I turned 21, 22, or something like that, I thought, well, that's pretty amazing. You're pretty smart. Look at how he does things like that. Man, that's amazing. Sometimes we just think we know everything, amen? And our Father God, he doesn't really know. We're going to try to help him out or wonder why he's doing it, and then we're going to gripe and complain because of the way he's doing it. We need to understand our turnaround, God, because he speaks from a turnaround perspective, Sometimes when he's telling us something, we're, uh-uh, uh-uh, that can't be God. No, we, that can't be right. That can't be right. You've ne- that's never happened before. Hello. How many you know that God likes to do things that's never happened before? It's never done it that way. It's never been done that way before. That way, nobody can get credit for it but God. So we need to understand this, under, this turnaround God because he speaks from a turnaround perspective. You see, he, he may ask for actions that make no apparent sense to where we are currently, but make total sense to where we will be when he turns it around. <laughs> see, when we're in it, it doesn't make any sense. But after we got there, it says, wow, that makes all the sense in the world. I couldn't figure out why God just didn't heal my, my hip, you know? I thought it was a great thing with my knee nobody really knew about it until I shared a testimony. God decided he didn't want to do that with my hip. He wanted to show these doctors some things. Well, hey, you know what? It works out just as good. However, God wants to do it, a forty-some thousand dollar miracle. Or just touch my knee, miracle. It's a miracle. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? I'd have to been believe in God or do a what do they call those things? You go on the computer and do a you will you raise money? Go fund me. (laughs) And and, and then cry out to God, Lord, please help people send me money. I need 40-some thousand dollars for this surgery. And God, you know what? He just said, hey, I'll show you something even better than that. I'll have the doctors pay for it. (laughs) What? That wasn't even any (laughs) copay. Hallelujah. (laughs) So it might not make any sense at all where we are right now, but it's going to make all kinds of sense later on when we get to where he wants us to be. 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 7 Sometime later this, this is where Elijah uh, had been, a drought was going on, and, and things were bad, and, and then Jezebel got after him, and he got nervous. Here's the prophet of all prophets called fire down from heaven, destroyed the prophets of Baal, and this woman rises up and said, Tomorrow you're going, I'm going to kill you. If I can find you, I'm going to kill you. And he takes off running, and he hides, and he gets all depressed, sits under a juniper tree. To, I wish I was dead. I wish I could just die. And... None of us, he's the prophet of prophets. If that happens to him, don't think you're exempt from it, okay? And so here he is, and it says, and it picks up, you know, how it used to do in those old westerns, meanwhile, back at the ranch. It says, sometime later, the brook dried up. Man, have you ever been in a bad spot? And it's as bad as it could be. And then even the brook dries up? The brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. Now, the inside story on that is that Zarephath of Sidon, the word Zarephath actually means smelting place. To smelt something, of this, when you heat that up as much as possible and it just all becomes, you know, liquid and, and, and you, you, it molds into something. Not only was it bad enough that there wasn't anything and he was at this brook and the brook dries up. Now he's going to have to go, and by the way, Zarephath was right where his enemies were. He was going to go have to go to the enemy. It was going to be the worst trial he'd ever had. And he said it was supposed to go see a widow there and she was going to take care of him. How humiliating. You're supposed to take care of widows, not have widows take care of you. And so <laughs> look over there in uh first Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17, verse 7. Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, praise God. He was obedient. So what he's doing here is he's trusting God. A lot of times God gives us direction in the midst of this situation when we need turnaround. We've asked God, we've asked him in faith, and we're believing, and then he gives instruction. Here's a little key for you, here's a wisdom key. When you ask for a miracle, God will give you an instruction. Write it down, it happens every time. When you ask God for a miracle, he'll give you an instruction. Elijah needed a miracle, the instruction was go to Zarephath. What? Have you lost your mind? But Elijah trusts God, and that's what we need to do. We need to trust God in situations like that, that whatever he's saying, he's looking at it from the from where we're going to be, not where we are right now. And so he says, so he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get get it he called and bring me please a piece of bread now this guy's starved to death he's made a hundred-mile trek across the desert hadn't had any water had not had anything to eat and so he's like just on the verge of dying but he's trusting God and here's a widow like God said and so he asked her for a drink and and for a piece of bread and verse 12 says and surely as the Lord uh, your God lives she replied I don't have any bread only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and what? and die. now God's getting ready to work a miracle here when you empty out your hand God will fill it full of something else Amen she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day, every day for Elijah and for the woman and her, her family. Uh, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry uh, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken to Elijah. Now in that whole thing right there, Elijah just decided to trust God. And by trusting God, then God began to work a miracle. But not only for, for Elijah, but also For this woman and for her family. Something in your hand. Here's a little principle we can learn out of that thing. Especially verse 12. Something in your hand can create anything you want in your future. So we just need to trust God because he can take nothing and make something out of it. Because he's a turnaround God. So he takes what's in your hand and creates what you need in your future. Now think about it because you're getting ready to have a turnaround in your life. God's going to take something that you have now. And turn it around to, make, to create something that you will need in your future. When you get over there, verse 14, he's talking. We see that, that um, when, when we begin to do that and act upon that as from her perspective, from the widow, currents, you know, like, like ocean currents of favor begin to flow the moment you solve a problem for someone. A lot of times, even in our turnaround, God will help, will send us to somebody else that they need to turn around. Did you see that? Elijah needed to turn around and she needed to turn around. God brought them together, and out of that whole thing, they both got miracles. Sometimes we get all, you know. We, we play Elijah the way he was at first. We sat under our juniper tree, and we're just so sad, and, and uh, we just you know, wish we were dead, and we're all depressed, and nobody knows the trouble I've seen, and, and we don't have fellowship with nobody, and we don't go to church because we don't feel like going to church, and here we are. We're just so sad, and you know what? You're going to sit there and be so sad and not get your turnaround. Hello. Don't shout me down yet because I'm not through. I'm telling you how to get a turnaround here. She began to do what the Lord instructed her to do, and it worked out a miracle for both of them. A lot of times in your situation when you need to turn around, God will bring somebody to you that they need to turn around. And when you begin to get involved in their turnaround, God's in in the background working a turnaround for you. You know, a principle here is she was giving, giving empties your present to fill up your future. She emptied her present. She just had just enough oil and flour to make a little piece of bread and they were going to eat it and die that's a that's a good plan gathering a little sticks because she didn't need a whole lot of sticks because she just had a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil but when she was obedient and she gave out of her need giving uh, out of in your out of your present time created something in her future Fill what is empty, empty what is full. She emptied, or, you know, she didn't have anything that was full. She used what it was, and then she began to fill up what was empty. And God began to fill up what was empty. As you look at your turnaround, you're going to see things that maybe you're full of doubt. And you need to empty out that. So empty out what is full. Fill up what's empty. Maybe you've got a relationship problem. Maybe your marriage is, is falling apart. What are you putting into it? How much relationship time, how much quality time are you putting into that? Is that on empty? Is your one-on-one time running on empty? Maybe you need to fill up what's empty and empty out what's full. Maybe your schedule's all full of this and that and this and that. Maybe you need to empty your schedule and fill up your relationship time for relationship. Maybe it's a financial need that you you have. Maybe you need to look out in your garage and empty what's full, (laughs) sell it, and fill up what's empty. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Sometimes we look the the wrong way, and God gives an instruction. But the problem is, sometimes we don't want to get involved in our miracle. She got involved in her miracle so did Elijah God spoke to him It didn't make any sense, but he got involved in it God gives you an instruction then you get involved in it and sometimes it takes just doing the simple things Mixing up a little bit of oil a little bit of flour building a fire doing those things No, we don't want to do anything We just want to sit and still be all upset and and sad And then we're gonna get mad because God just didn't do it But he taught he gave us an instruction. He said empty out what's full and fill up what's empty if you want your, a relationship to turn around, then you fill up the empty space there of the time that needs to go into that relationship. you got a financial miracle, then you empty out what's full and fill up what's empty. How are you doing on, on, our, on your giving? Are you filling up? You know, Are you helping to fill up what's empty and then empty out what's full? It's getting real quiet in here. I think that's flesh burning. I don't know sure, hide burning or something. <laughs> Let me just say this while we're there. Your seed is the only influence you have on your future. Your seed is the only influence that you have over your future. You think about planting. If a farmer said, well, I just wish I had a good crop. Well, I got all this seed and nothing's happening to it. Well, put it in the ground. <laughs> That's the only influence he's going to have over his future is that seed do with what's supposed to be. Let's move on. And everybody said, "Oh, praise God." <laughs> obedience, obey. Faith believe, trust and obey. Supernatural revelation because of obedience. You're going to see something revealed that was Supernatural how God brought it about. When I look back at that 40 some thousand dollar financial miracle and a and a physical healing as well, wow, that's supernatural. He said, Well, that wasn't either. The doctor did surgery. Yeah, but when he got in there, he saw that what he'd just taken an x-ray of an MRI of that bone, all of a sudden it was changed. Something happened. God spoke to him you know I was under anesthesia but my body was still speaking to him through the bones saying ha 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 look at this (laughs) you thought you what you saw has changed already obedience Isaiah 55 verse 8 God says for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are my ways your ways declared the Lord or neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. What he does is not necessarily the way we would do it. Don't worry about it. Turnarounds by nature are radical. When God does a turnaround, it's radical. You know, they bypass the nice and the simple and the, and the, the sensible, they don't line up with the agendas. <laughs> They're radical. Genesis 22, 2. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. What you talking about, God? Wait a minute. Yeah, we need to turn around here, but you know, this, this boy right here was, he's the fulfillment of all the dreams that you said that you were going to work through me. What you talking about? And kill him? Yeah. What kind of person do you think I am? Abraham didn't even argue with God. He was still in the trusting mode, saying, man, it don't make sense to me, but I'm going to do it. Get that knife, boy. <laughs> Get that wood. <laughs> Get the donkey, let's go. And Isaac, you know, everybody talks about Abraham. Isaac's the one that had some faith now. <laughs> but turnarounds around, turn reveal our miraculous Savior and how God works when there's just no way for Him to work. In the midst of that, where God provides a ram in the bush and it says that the Lord, and it really calls Him Jirah, Jehovah Jirah, the Lord supplies, God supplies. He provides. And so we have that story, and it's still testifying today, because Abraham was obedient, and God did a turn around. He turned that thing around, and they didn't have to offer up Isaac as a sacrifice. Offered up this ram that was in the bush. Amen. You know, activate your faith. Be obedient. Faith without works is dead. You start out with faith, and then you believe, and then you trust God, but then you got to have some Activation of your faith through obedience. You know, he said, Moses, uh, Moses was like, Oh, Lord, you you, you know, okay, we brought out here, I did what you said, I got all these Israelites behind me, and here comes Pharaoh and the the Egyptian army, and what are we gonna do? I got the Red Sea behind me, I got Pharaoh behind me, and everybody griping at me. I need to turn around. He says, What's in your hand, Moses? Well, this rod that you gave me, well, stretch it out, stretch it out, be obedient, just use what's in your hand everybody's all nervous. there's Goliath out on the field, and he's hollering and mocking them, and, and uh, they're wondering who in Saul's army can go out here and fight Goliath. Who in Saul's army can, can be the conqueror? And David, he was obedient because his dad told him to go take some cheese and crackers up to the guys that were fighting. He could have said, man, I don't want to do that. They make fun of me when I go up there, and they say I ought to be out here fighting, and they say I got the good life and all that, but he didn't. He was obedient. Took those cheese and crackers up there. They were... Kosher, of course. And so he gets up there, and, and he wonders, what's going on? And and this guy out there hollering and mocking the army of God. And he didn't say Saul's army. He said the army of God. And he said, wait a minute. This is God's army, and th- and you're mocking God's army. And he says, and I'll go out there, and I'll teach this guy a lesson. What's in your hand, da- David? Just a sling and five stones. But that's more than enough for God to, t- to turn this thing around. He turned it around. Not only did he take down... Uh, Goliath but the Philistine army saw it and they got nervous and they're just seeing David standing up there with Goliath's sword because there wasn't any swords and in Israel they didn't have iron swords the Philistines were masters over the iron the Israelites had to take their stuff their their axe and stuff to them to have them sharpen it for them all they had was maybe a couple of bronze swords and so here the Philistines they take off running and then Saul and his army start to chase them Daniel needed a, li- uh, a, a turnaround in the lion's den. But you know what? He was obedient to God. He did what God told him to do. And then he just trust God. And you know what? God closed the mouth of the lions. And they all had a good night's sleep. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... Into the big fiery furnace, they did go. <laughs> and here they were, and it was getting a little hot down there, but they had been obedient, and they trust God, and they were obedient, they praised God in the midst of it. And then everybody saw the fourth man in the fire, and he looked something like the Son of God. Oh, the fire was still hot because when they went to get him out, the ones that went to get him out it said they had to burn him up. but they got it turned around because they trusted God, they were obedient to God, they trusted him. Lazarus needed to turn around. Jesus went to him. He turned that whole situation and circumstance around. Hallelujah. You know, ask God to help to do some turning in your life and in your situation and in your circumstances. You know, he can if you ask him. And then you believe. And then you trust. And then you obey. Somewhere through there, it's a simple process. Faith. Believing. Believing trusting obeying somewhere through that little four-step process we drop the ball somewhere and then we get all mad at God because God didn't do it God's ready he's able he's willing he'll do it in Deuteronomy chapter 23 5 it says however the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you God loves you today and he wants to turn some things around in your life if you will invite him in and follow this little short little step thing. Have you got your turnaround in, in focus? Come on, let's pray. I want you to see that thing. He can turn your mess into a message. Man, and you can then you can testify and share of, of the goodness that God did. He can turn your test into a testimony he can turn your trial into a triumph he can turn a victim into a victor god can turn it around he's the turnaround god he's got his turnaround power at work today will you ask god to turn something around in your life will you then start asking him right now right where you are christian just bring the house lights down just a little bit Just so that we don't pay attention to anything else that anybody else is doing. I want you and God to to get alone together and start concentrating on your turnaround. He's ready, are you? You know, we've seen throughout the word already today that God has done it in the past. There, we used to sing a song, he'll do it again. He'll do it again. He's in the turnaround business he'll come through for you ask in faith, now just ask him in faith ask in faith you're asking the God of all creation you're asking the God who stepped in in the beginning and and he entered the darkness and displayed a turnaround his turnaround nature and things changed. That's who you're asking today. You're asking the God that says that he can and that he will. Humble yourself today. Empty yourself of self. Fill yourself with God and his word and let his word just stimulate the faith to ask. Ask him today to turn this thing around. And then I want you to believe. I want you to expect. Expect it. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's a promise from God. Whatsoever things you desire, you're desiring it by faith. You're desiring this thing by faith because you have faith now of what you've heard from the Word of God, that God does this. That stimulates a a desire that you're wanting God to intervene and come into your situation and, and turn your situation around. Now that I want you to expect it as you're asking, expect God. And God says, he will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. That's what God's doing. That's who you're talking to today. Expect him to turn this thing around no doubt if you've got any doubt and you empty yourself of doubt and fill yourself up today with faith Don't even think about doubt think about God Think about how God turned it all around all through the Bible. He's had turnarounds Don't say to him if you can Just thank him because he is then I want you to trust God. I want you to commit yourself that you're going to trust him until it turns around. Because you're expecting the turnaround. You're not expecting anything else. You're expecting a turnaround. You don't have to tell him how to do it. You don't have to tell him why he should do it. You don't have to beg and plead and, and cry and scream and kick and moan and groan. Now you just need to trust God. God's going to do it. God's got this. He's got it. I'm trusting my God. I'm trusting him. He says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. God gives you an instruction, then you need to get excited. You might get a little nervous, that's okay. Because it won't be what you can do, it's going to be what you're going to have to do through him. You're going to have to trust him to see this thing come about. He wants you to get involved in this miracle. It might be a health issue. And maybe there's some things that you need to empty out It could be because of a habit. Maybe your sickness is related to a certain habit or a lifestyle or or a pattern. Then change it. Empty out that part. Change that. All the while trusting God to turn it around. I had to trust God when doctors were doing x-rays and stuff on my hip thinking, what am I doing here? God, couldn't you just do this? I'm trusting you, God. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Somehow or another, you're going to get praise and glory out of this thing. I'm going to trust you, God. Maybe your health situation is not related to any lifestyle situation. It might not be related to anything that you've done. It just happened. It could be because of just the, that things happen. We're living in a fallen world today, and we, our bodies weren't... Designed to function in this atmosphere, in this environment. We were function, created to function in a, a, a great environment like the Garden of Eden. And it might be as a result of that. Don't let the devil sit there and bring guilt upon you that maybe you did something. You just trust God. Say, God, you know what? I didn't cause this. I didn't bring this. And that didn't, so I'm just trusting you. And if He speaks, gives you an instruction, then you follow the instruction and trust God. Trust and obey. Trust and obey, and man, it, sometimes that trusting and that obeying—that's the process. Sometimes that takes a little while. You know, it took Elijah a little while to walk that hundred miles to Zarephath, and all the while, I'm sure that the devil's out there. Yeah, you're walking right into the enemy, into the enemy's camp, and when you get there, you're gonna be—you might not even make it because you're gonna starve to death, dehydrate. The devil might tell you all kinds of stuff when you're in the midst. Uh, this little process of trusting and obey but you keep on keeping on say I'm getting a turnaround this thing's turning around this thing's going to turn around I'm serving a turnaround God I'm coming out of this thing with victory I'm coming out better than I went into it with my God is able my God is willing he's with me he loves me he loves me Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord, as the heavens are higher than the earth. Are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. Man, you ought to get excited when God just begins to begin to do things. Do you think there's no way that that could happen? Yes, He creates a way. He creates a way. Hallelujah. doesn't matter how radical doesn't make any difference. Trust and obey. Now, I want you to commit yourself that you're going to trust and not doubt. Trust. Say, Father, I'm going to trust you. You need to speak to yourself. You need to speak to your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Speak to your mind. Put a guard over your mind. Say, I'm going to think only on God. I'm going to think about what he does and how he turns things around who he is that he's a loving God he's a healing God he's a providing God he's a restoring God he's gonna restore relationships somebody's gonna have relationships restored with loved ones marriage is gonna be changed and and healed God's gonna turn it around God's gonna turn around financial situations gonna turn them around God's gonna turn around health problems and health issues going to bring miracles. Remember we he gave us uh, three weeks of direction about the art to receiving. Well, here it comes. Here it comes. He's going to turn it around. It's time to start receiving. God's going to turn it around. Hallelujah. Just begin to thank him for saying, Lord, I thank you. I praise you in advance for turning this thing around. You can give him <laughs> praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to stand right where you are you just stand right where you are hallelujah thank you jesus father right now just release upon your people father this the spirit right now of receiving father what we've learned from you about receiving from you we're gonna apply it right now as we ask in faith we believe you father as we desire these things We're going to trust and obey and be obedient in it, Father. Hallelujah. And Father, so I I thank you right now, Father, for miracles coming. Turning it around. You're turning it around. Turning it around. Hallelujah. It's turning around. It's turning around. You're going to come out better than you went into this thing. You're coming out better. You might not understand that you don't have to run away from it it's right here you know, sometimes we, we think we got to turn it around we see this mess and we try to do like Elijah we want to run away from it you got to trust God the direction that he gives us is for where we're going to be when he turns it around it's not strange that right now you can't see any way that it could work that's actually normal what also what's also normal is that God is God <laughs> and he's the turnaround God so what you see right now is not what you're going to see when he turns it around so you need to begin to see the turnaround in some fashion or form or fashion and what you're gonna be doing when it turns around and rejoice in him rejoice in him. Now, Father, we thank you right now in advance for doing it. I thank you for turnaround, Father. I thank you that finances are turning around in Jesus' name. Father, where it looks like there's no way, Yahweh is working it. Hallelujah. Father, where there's, we we feel like that it's gone too far. The relationship has gone too far that it can never be restored. We heard a testimony this morning from Daryl. Said three years God restored that, turned that, that relationship around. God it's working right now it can work in this other relationship this marriage this son and daughter that's wayward Father that health issue can be turned around all the reports are in and that's okay we're gonna re- believe your report all those reports are then of what the doctors see so that when you turn it around then they're gonna to have to say what in the world how did that happen we don't know what happened it's okay God you'd like to prove doctors wrong now father we praise in advance for that physical turnaround that that healing turnaround thank you in advance for that financial turnaround thank you in advance for that relationship turnaround Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for attitudes to turn around. Father, there's some attitudes in here this morning that need to be turned around. Thank you, Jesus. Father, turn us around. Empty us out of ourselves. Fill us full of your Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for doing it, Lord. Thank you for doing it, Lord. Thank you for doing it, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just praise Him. In faith, believe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Father, we just praise you in advance for doing it. We thank you, Father. That we don't have to beg, we don't have to complain, gripe, try to make you feel sorry for us. We thank you it's by your grace. Thank you that Jesus bought and paid for provision and and for us to be for it to happen in our life in all areas physically uh, with relationships, Father, and in all areas of our life. Father, we're going to Keep this in mind, fill what is empty, empty what is full. Help us to examine every area of our life. Fill what is empty, empty what is full. Fill what is empty, empty what is full. Amen, amen, amen. And what are we going to do? As we go out of here and we're going to be obedient, trust in God, and you just begin to look around and examine your situation, fill what is empty, empty what is full. Say it with me, fill what is empty, empty what is full. Fill what is empty, empty what is full. Amen. That's the cycle of life. Amen. you get getting ready to go out here and eat a Mother's Day lunch. You're going to fill what's empty. Pretty soon you're going to empty what's full. Amen. That's just the way it is. Amen. <laughs> Give somebody a hug this morning. Give the Lord praise. Amen. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. Amen.